Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. You can hear me? Good? All right. Praise God. Thank you, Alex and David. Wow. What beautiful music those brothers can play. If only I were half as talented. <laughs> that was beautiful. Wow. All right. Let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're thankful, Lord, to be here on your Sabbath day, Lord, as a church and a congregation, Lord. We're thankful that we can have a day, Lord, dedicated for your youth, Lord. We pray that um, the message from your throne room be heard today, Lord, and that it may reach everyone's hearts, Lord, both youth and young in heart. And so be with me now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Well, I just want to say um, welcome, everyone. This is our youth, young adult Sabbath. It's always hard to choose which word, young adult or youth, because um, <laughs> seems, there seems it comes a time where you don't want to be called a youth, but then young adult fits. But even me, I question, am I a young adult? Am I an adult? I pay taxes, you know. <laughs> I work full time. Like, what, what is an adult now? So, um, but just to give you a little background, um, we actually plan to do our Young Adult Sabbath, I believe it was last year, and we weren't able to because when the world shut down, it was that Sabbath. It was the Sabbath of that week. We were ready to go, but praise God we're here today, and I'm thankful that the doors are open, and so uh, i got a lot to cover in a little time, so I'm going to be zipping through scriptures, so I just pray you all can keep up, and this will definitely be online, so we're thankful to have our online viewers. So it's been quite some time the past almost two years, it feels like, right? For everyone, it's been different, right? Life's a little different than it was, as they say, pre-COVID, right? And so what does this all mean? And where do we stand? Right? As youth, where do we stand in this world? It seems to be a time of great uh, turmoil. You know, there's a lot of problems. seems like the problems haven't gone away. feels like the problems have just got worse. But, um, you know, we're still here, and we're still here for a reason. And we're here for a reason, right? And there's hope, right? Because I'm thankful for the helpers out there. And 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 because whenever there's a time of trouble, I've been told always look for the helpers because there are those that will help. And so I want to go through two stories today from the Bible. And um, the first story focuses on um, Mount Sinai when Moses and the children of Israel escaped Egypt and are at Mount Sinai. And the, question, the, the scene is, is it's been three months since the children of Israel has left Egypt as they came to Mount Sinai. 
And Moses go up, goes up the mount, and he's gone for like 40 days. And a lot of you are familiar with this story. The children of Israel get into some trouble while Moses is gone. And so we're going to read in Exodus 32, verse 1. It says here, Now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come, make us gods that shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So we see here the people don't know where Moses is. And it's a time where the people are confused. And it, it almost has parallels to what's gone on in our world in the past year or so. Because churches were closed. Some churches closed completely, right? Small churches. Those ones really suffered. And sometimes it felt like our leaders were gone, right? Because Moses was their leader at this point. He was the prophet. He was that man that led them out of the bondage of slavery in Egypt. And so we see, if we jump down to verse 6, Exodus 32, verse 6, it says, Then they rose early on the next day, offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings, and the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Now we get a little context of what exactly is going on here in verse 5. And we see that the people gathered all their jewelry and started making idols. So we see here during a time of confusion and delay, the children of Israel went back to their idols in Egypt. And you see, the children of Israel, it wasn't a matter of whether God was real or not. You know, a lot of young people today, we struggle with this question. And there's a reason for that is because God is not taught in schools. You know, we are taught in, a, in public school education, we are taught there is no God and we came from nothing. But this isn't exactly the question the children of Israel faced. You see, the children of Israel seen God protect them from the plagues out of Egypt. They seen God separate the Red Sea for them, right? As they were getting chased by Pharaoh. They had seen God lead them on a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. They had seen God feed them manna from heaven and water from rocks, right? God cared and provided for the children of Israel. So it wasn't a matter of whether um, God was real, but you see, Egypt was still in a lot of these people's hearts because these people grew up in Egypt. These were people that had their, their parents and their grandparents, and they all came from Egypt. So what happens? During a time of confusion and delay, they went right back to their idols. And um, it, it has similarities to our time now because it almost seems like we live in a time of great confusion. And it, it, the line between right and wrong seems to be very blurred these days. And, 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 and it's very difficult because some people are making very big, important decisions these days. And, um, and many during this time, um, you see, 
We live in a time now where we don't see golden calves on the street and we don't see idols or statues. So in America, we think um, that could never happen to us, right? We could never fall as the way the children of Israel did. But we see God gives us these lessons in the Old Testament so that we can learn. Because nowadays, we have different idols in America. We have American idols. I'm not talking about the show, <laughs> not about singers, but American idols. And idolatry comes in all shapes and sizes. And so we need to be careful during a time of confusion and almost delay and not to fall back into idolatry. And so we see here when Moses comes down from the mount um, in verse 13 of chapter 32, we see here that God is angered by what the people are doing. And that is because they fell into idolatry and God had just, you know, done everything he can, leading them out of Egypt, leading them through the wilderness. And now to fall back to idolatry, God was angered. But we see here Moses, um, he brings up something. And in verse 13, it says, Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servants, to whom thou swearest by thine own self, and sayest unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. So we see here Moses reminds God, say, hey, what about this covenant? You know, these are your people. Don't just blot them out. Don't destroy your people. And God listened, you know, and God is merciful. You see, God is merciful in the Old Testament. I know a lot of people think that is not a popular opinion, but we see mercy and love even in the Old Testament for the children of Israel. And we see that Moses knew about the covenant from Abraham, right? We see, he says that you will have a people, you will have a seed, you will have this people inherit that land that you promised. And the same thing is true for today, spiritually, right? Maybe we've gone back to our idols. Maybe we've gone back to the things we said we wouldn't do. But God has not forsaken us. You see, God, I like to say God's forgiveness is greater than any sin. And some people underestimate the power of God's forgiveness. And we must remember that um, when we fall back into idolatry, we must turn our eyes to God. We must turn to him. And so, young people, we are at a time in our life where the habits we form, the things we do, the things we watch, and the things we listen to, the people we hang with, are going to be things that will settle into our lives and define who we are for the rest of our lives. And so we want to make sure we, we keep our mind on the right things, right? Because it's not always the obviously evil stuff we have to keep our eyes off of, right? I mean, I, don't, I, was, I was going to throw up some pictures, but I decided not to. But things have changed, you know, and... There's some weird things going on in this world. You know, Nike, you know, the big shoe company, Nike came out with some shoes not too long ago 
with real human blood in them. What is going on? That seems very weird. Um, Tony Hawk, he just came out with a new ad for a promotion of a new skateboards. And what they did is they took blood from Tony Hawk and they put it in the paint. And they painted these skateboards with it. And the scary thing is, these products sell out. These things fly off the shelves within seconds from the websites. The websites crash because the demand is so high. And so you got to think, who is buying this stuff? You know, the, you know, the Bible says, you know, there is nothing new under the sun. And the things as old will happen now. And we're, I believe we're seeing that. We're seeing a total twist of morality and, 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 and what the definition of good is. Because if we look at the world, the world is going to tell you, do what you think is good. Follow your heart. You know, if it feels good, it must be good. And we have to be careful if we roll with this worldly mindset, because as a church, we always tend to want to be just above the world. So as the world goes down, the church morality could sort of go down. And we can say, well, at least we're not like the world. But if we don't stick to a set standard, we can find the world being on the same level as the world, or the church being on the same level as the world. This is why it is very important that we let the scriptures define what is good. We let God define what is good. Because God's standard does not change. And when we live in a time of great confusion and where lines seem to be blurred, we must remember God's word. You see, that is very important because the people here at the base of Mount Sinai forgot about God. Time had passed. You know, these were, these were faithful people at one point. And so in Philippians 4, verse 8, it says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. You see, we need discernment during these times. You see, the Bible doesn't say, don't smoke cigarettes. The Bible doesn't say that. There's a lot of things the Bible doesn't say. But we need to look at the principles. We need to use the principles of the word to be our filter. And so... Here's another lesson of why God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. In Ezekiel 16, verse 49, it says, Look, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. She and her daughter had pride, fullness of food, and abundance of idleness. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. So we see here God says, three main reasons of why Sodom fell. Pride. You see, we can, we can have an idol of ourselves in this day and age. And I would say there is that idol very popular during our times, especially with the youth. You know, I know our parents didn't grow up with social media and Instagram and Facebook, even though we may all be a part of it now. But there's a different challenge that youth has today. 
because I'm not going to come up here and say technology is evil or movies are evil and music is evil. But we must filter what is good and what is bad. And the fact is, if we don't keep God on our focus and in our thoughts and minds, these technologies can be used for evil. You know, I read a report and a study that showed that the longer someone spends on their phone, on social media, the less happy and depressed they are. This is what's coming out in the research now. And they have all this data from these, this last year and a half from this pandemic. Because we see very, I love stats. I love to look at stats. I'm a stats guy. And the fact is, since this pandemic has started, you know, drink alcohol has risen, has exploded in sales. Record numbers. Smoking, both cigarettes and marijuana, are at an all-time high. You know, domestic violence is at an all-time high. Um, speeding. I work from home now, and I'm not even on the road that often, but I can tell you, people do not drive the same. It's like, like people got too comfortable with the empty freeways at the beginning of the pandemic because people fly down the freeway. People do not care. Um, depression is at an all-time high. So we see here something is happening in this world. Something very dark is taking over the minds of the people. And so I want to get to my second story here. And the second story I have here to share is with the three Hebrew boys versus the image. And here's the scene. We have this golden statue being built by Nebuchadnezzar. Because Daniel had this dream about a statue and he interprets Nebuchadnezzar's dream, and Daniel pretty much tells Nebuchadnezzar, this statue that you see, you are the head of gold, but eventually we find out that there is a rock that comes that destroys this statue. And we all know who that rock is. Jesus, right? Our Lord is coming again. And no kingdom on this earth will be able to stand against him. But because of Nebuchadnezzar's pride, he tells himself, I will build myself a, a, a statue and no one will destroy this statue. So he begins building a golden statue. So in Daniel 3, verse 1, we see it says here, Nebuchadnezzar, the king made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its width six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the providence of Babylon. So we see here the statue is put in the middle of Babylon. So everyone can see. And we know the statue was not built overnight. These three Hebrew boys had probably seen the construction of the statue as it got bigger and taller and the feet and the legs and the arms and then finally the head. And so in Daniel, in the verses 2 through 6, it reads here. It says, And Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. 
So the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of all the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before that that image that Nebuchadnezzar set up, and they stood before the image of Nebuchadnezzar. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whosoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. So what do we see here? Nebuchadnezzar calls all his leaders, all these men of power, all these men of renown. And he tells the people, as soon as you hear the music, you will fall down and worship this statue. So we see here music is at play. We need to be careful with the music we listen to. So everyone fall, they hear the music and everyone falls on their knees to worship. Except three boys. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So Nebuchadnezzar sees this, and he thinks to himself, they must have made a mistake, because everyone is on their knees. So he approaches them, and he says, I'm going to give you a second chance. Maybe you didn't quite hear the music. So the band probably gets ready to play a little louder, and so they play a second time. And so we see here, it says in verse 15, Now, if you are ready at that time, you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? You see, Nebuchadnezzar did not worship the God of Israel. Nebuchadnezzar had his own self in his throne, in his heart. And so what, do, what does Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do? Verse 16 tells us. And the answer to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, and I love this, they say three things here. It says, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. You see, I love these three statements the three Hebrew boys tell Nebuchadnezzar. Because these three boys didn't do something just out of, you know, the moment. This wasn't a decision they made in the moment. These were three Hebrew boys that had been prepared through their time in slavery in Babylon with Daniel. He tells Nebuchadnezzar, our God can, our God will, but even if our God does not. You see, that is a testament of the faith these Hebrew boys had in God. You see, sometimes in life, It's easy to believe in God when things are going your way, when everything's in order. But what's hard is when things are not going your way, when everything seems to be going out of order, when you feel like God isn't there. 
But that is faith. See, faith includes the things we don't understand. And God is faithful. He is faithful. You see, these three Hebrew boys were young. And what happened when he threw them into the fiery furnace? You see, I'm sure these three Hebrew boys felt the heat. Right? Nebuchadnezzar was trying to coerce these three boys into worshiping the statue. And in verse 25, it says, Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. You see, three Hebrew boys went into the fiery furnace, but they see four people standing in there. And that fourth person, it says, looked like the Son of God. That was Jesus. You see, through our greatest trials and tribulations, Jesus will be there to carry you through. You know, I give a lot of credit to these young people. I'm 28 years old. I'm done with college. I'm done with high school. Middle school is a long time ago. But these are students that are going to school in a very difficult time. I can barely keep my mask on for an hour. I'll be honest. These are strong people. And God will never tempt you beyond what he think you can't accomplish. It's against his promise. It's against his will. You see, 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. You know, we see here that the three Hebrew boys prepared for this moment. And we see that God did not depart from them. You see, in, in Revelations, when, the, when as it talks about a dying world, a world that seems to get more darker, there's, there's certain parts of Revelation, it's just, it's kind of, it doesn't sound hopeful. It sounds like the battle has been lost. But it doesn't end there. God talks about a people that will stand. A people that will stand amongst great opposition. And I believe the young people have a great part in this act. Why? Because we're young, <laughs> energy, and uh, you know we we don't have as much ties to this world as our the adults, right? Probably don't have a house, probably don't have any kids at the moment, you know. And so because of that, we have less ties, so we can do great things. And so. I come to this, my closing statements. Matthew 6, 24 tells us, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And so just like in the Old Testament, these three Hebrew boys were the people, the children of Israel on Mount Sinai, 
They had a choice, and there's only two choices. You know, the world wants to tell you there's a middle choice. You can stand in the middle. This is not true. Choose who you will serve. Choose God. God is faithful. Because in this story with King Nebuchadnezzar, I skipped over this verse, but it tells us that because of the way these three men stood, Nebuchadnezzar changed his heart about the true God, the God of Israel. And so when you stand up for God, you will be a witness to others. Other people will see God through your actions. They will see Jesus in you, in your life. We have a great accuser out there, people. All people. The devil, I see the devil at work in a way he's never been at before. And I'll tell you what, he's after the young people. He's after the young people. And like I said, it's not always the obvious evil stuff we need to be wary of. It's the small deceptions. You know, Jesus said to be careful for those wolves in sheep's clothing. And so, hang on to Jesus. Because there's nothing in this world worth hanging on to than him. I want to read this statement. It says, the closer you come to Jesus, the more faulty you will appear in your own eyes. For your vision will be clear and your imperfections will be seen in broad and distant contrast to his perfect nature. But do not be discouraged. This is evidence that Satan's delusions have lost their power, that the, vivif that the vivifying influence of the Spirit of God is arousing you and your indifference and unconcern are passing away our high calling. You see, I struggled with this. You see, I, I didn't understand why as I continued to study the word and draw closer to Jesus. I, I felt, I could see my, like this statement said, I seen my imperfections at a greater magnitude. But my problem was, I was looking at what I was doing and I wasn't focusing on Christ. Because as you draw closer to Christ, he will bring the sins up in your life. But we don't let go. We do not let go of Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And so, Pastor Kerry, our previous pastor, he was with the youth on one of his last Sabbaths here. And he gathered us in a circle. And this is a verse that has always stuck with me to this day. And Pastor Kerry told us to read Isaiah chapter 40, verses 29 to 31. And it says, He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall fall, shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You see, this is a message to the young people. 
And it's telling us that we shall run and we won't get tired. We shall fly on like wings like eagles in the sky. But what is the one condition? He says, for those that wait on the Lord. You see, folks, it's very clear, the signs around us, Jesus is coming soon. I believe this with all my heart. And this pandemic has, has given us a lot of free time than I used to have. Everything was closed. Gyms were closed. Malls were closed. Things are open now. But that's under the grace of God, because who knows? If there's anything I learned, things can change in this world rapidly. People used to tell me this could never happen. The world will never be shut down. The store shelves will never be empty. This past year and a half told me things can change. But the one thing that won't change is our Lord. Cling on to him. Young people, I give you guys a lot of credit. You guys are strong people. Thank you for your service today. So just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, let us find fellowship and strengthen each other so that we can stand for the Lord and be a witness to other people. There's a lot of other young people that need Jesus. I believe this. And so God is the only one that deserves your time, attention, and affection. It is my prayer that God be your only focus of worship in this life. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, oh Lord, thank you, Lord, for your wonderful works, God. You are mighty, Lord, and, and we are so thankful, Lord, that you've given us direction in this world, that you have not left us, Lord, to, to fall and to be alone. Lord, you are good. Lord, we pray, Lord, during these times of great struggle, Lord, especially with all people, but especially the youth, Lord, we pray that you give them strength, that you help them, Lord, and teach them how to stand and how to cling on to Jesus more firmly, Lord. Lord, we're thankful for all the time we have, Lord. We're thankful for this church. We're thankful that the doors are open. We're thankful, Lord, for all that you do during this time, Lord. I pray you be with each and every one of these people here. Be with them and their families. Keep us safe, Lord, and continue to watch over us as well as our online viewers at home. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you.